Why Aliens is one of my favorite movies. Earlier on this channel, I talked about The Predator, a sequel to a movie that did just about everything wrong. Now I want to discuss a sequel to a movie that was a perfect example of how to build on an existing story. If you've ever seen Aliens or never seen Aliens, go watch it. I can't get, can't get any more clear on that. If you have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. So while I enjoyed the original Alien, it'll always be second best to its sequel. At the end of the first one, Ripley kills the alien and enters cryosleep as the only survivor of the Nostromo. Several years later, she is rescued and brought to a council of the company to explain her actions. While she is the same age as when she entered cryosleep, much has changed around her, including the LV-426, the planet where her team discovered the alien is now in the process of being colonized, and that the colony has stopped sending messages. Burke, a man from her company, convinces her to go back to the planet along with a squad of marines so that she is able to be an advisor on the situation. So Ripley, after escaping from the alien decades ago, has to go back and confront where she found it as the first thing she does after waking up. So to her, no significant time has passed between her first encounter and being asked to go back. Fast forward after entering yet another crowd sleep, Ripley wakes up on a military ship alongside Burke, a synthetic or artificial person, the lieutenant of the mission, and his squad of marines. We can see that the Marines aren't scared of the mission. Many of them have been in battles and aren't concerned with the situation at all, even though Ripley tries to stress how bad things are about to get. The crew boards a dropship containing an APC and disembarks the main ship to go investigate the planet. Now, I never knew why no one stayed behind on the main ship and why everyone left together. Maybe because the main ship was so automated it didn't pose an issue, but that always had me curious. Now, there are two versions of Aliens, the original and the director's cut. If we were watching the original at this point, the movie, uh, there is no indication as to what really happened on the surface. If it is the director's cut, there are scenes showing what did happen. I recommend the original for more than one reason, but I'll get to that later. The squad lands, and the EPC leaves the dropship, and the two-man flight crew leave to land in a safe zone until needed again. The squad investigates the colony, discovering traces of a skirmish and live specimens of the aliens. Well, the facehackers anyway. Which means that the colony had discovered the eggs from the first movie and were doing research on them. A child to discover at this point is the only surviving member of the colony who has been surviving on scraps for who knows how long. The little girl is saved, being brought to the APC and squad members push forward. They discover an alien lair where other survivors have been cocooned and are being used as hosts. So here's where the movie takes off. There has been no sight of the alien up until this point, but we finally get to see uh, not one, but several attack the Marines at the same time. The fact that their biomechanical bodies blend in with the environment is terrifying, and how they slither out to unveil themselves. Everything about them is awesome. Most of the squad is wiped out, and only three Marines make it back to the APC, after engaging in a firefight, which they were not prepared for. Ripley, having already gone against the LT's orders, gets everyone to safety, and has agreed that the mission is a lost cause, and that the colony we nuked from orbit wants to get back to the dropship. En route to pickup, the dropship is attacked uh, from within, crashing into the APC, destroying both, and leaving everyone with little options. Once barricaded back inside, it's decided that the synthetic bishop will attempt to remotely control a second dropship down to them. <laughs> now, this problem wouldn't exist if someone had stayed on the main ship, but to me, it's not really a plot hole, it's just a logical decision that, on the character's part, or illogical decision. 
Now, at some point <clears throat> around here, if we were watching the director's cut, there's a scene where the aliens attempt to break in, but are fought off by sentry guns that the Marines salvaged. Now, I used to like it, but I changed my mind, giving more reason to skip the director's cut completely. The scene, while cool on paper, reshows previous clips of the aliens being killed off in the first fight, um, taken away from the moment because you can tell this scene was never completed in the way it should have been. That's too bad, but oh well. Later, while Ripley and the child, Newt, try to get some sleep, they are attacked by two facehuggers. In the first alien, the facehuggers attach themselves to a member of the Nostromo and then die of completing its life cycle. But in Alien, the facehuggers are shown to be aggressive creatures. They basically look like a spider and a hand had a baby and are just as terrifying as the alien. Ripley eventually fights them off. And at this point, we've already seen two of the main creatures from the first movie, but their interactions are much different. He has to get killed off easier in this one, but that's because in the first movie, the crew members didn't have military weapons, and even then, they still pose a large threat. It's discovered that Burke released the facehackers in order to get live specimens inside of Ripley and Newt back to the ship so that the company could research them, because apparently the aliens have some kind of value that they want. Uh, the aliens have now made their way to the squad, and everyone is ambushed, killing everyone but Ripley, Newt, Bishop, and Hicks, the last Marine. The action in this movie is so gritty and still holds up. Practical effects will never beat CGI. Newt is captured by the aliens and Ripley goes to save her, even though the colony, being damaged and unmanned, is going to shut down and is about to self-destruct. The flow of this movie is so well done. Even in calm moments, things are still tense. You follow the characters as they see things. There's no cuts to an event happening elsewhere. Newt has been cocooned, but has not yet been attacked by a facehugger, and we finally get to see the alien queen. Since the aliens are a hive species, they have a queen, a much larger alien, who has an egg sac like you'd find in a termite queen, constantly laying eggs. I'm always amazed at this scene, and how menacing the queen really is, especially when her head drops down out of its protective shell. Of course, uh, since the aliens take on the traits of the whatever the facehugger attaches to, for instance, a predator, it's unknown what came first, the facehugger or the queen, kind of like the old chicken and the egg dilemma. Ripley saves Newt and injures the queen seconds before boarding the second dropship and escaping the planet. Before anyone can celebrate, the queen attacks Bishop. Apparently, it was able to attach itself to the dropship, even though watching this several times, it's unclear where it fit. Ripley manages to push the alien out of the airlock, just like in the first movie, and the four surviving crew members re-enter cryosleep. Uh, if you like this happy ending, by no means watch Alien 3. Just watch the first two, or just watch this one and go about your life. Trust me. So why is this a good sequel? Movies like this and Terminator 2 are prime examples of how a sequel is an absolute improvement over the first one. They take an already cool idea and build on it. While the first Alien took place on a claustrophobic ship, this one's centered around a colony. Even though Ripley had fought an Alien before, she had, and the Marines were not prepared for what awaited them. The heroes of these films never have things under control. They are always just getting by. The introduction of the Queen gives a better picture of the alien's life cycle, but never goes into depth as to where they came from. This is as much of an action movie as it is a horror movie, which can be a tricky combination to find. Well, with all of this being said, let's look at an alien movie that has come out in the past six years, Prometheus and Covenant. Now, Prometheus, for what it's worth, is a good sci-fi film, because it does its own thing, it just so happens to be set in the alien universe. 
I can totally get on board with that. I talked about Covenant earlier in an earlier episode, and my biggest complaint about that film is that it tried to give an explanation as to where the aliens came from. It's essentially said that one of the synthetics bioengineered DNA in order to make life forms that eventually took the form of an alien we know today. Also, the real alien in the movie doesn't get that the screen time it deserves. And who knows if we'll ever get to see a film that connects Covenant to Alien 1. Maybe never. Time will tell. I'll close with this. The tone of a movie... The tone of movie sets is crucial. I watch Aliens knowing that this will be a tense sci-fi experience and I can enjoy it time and again. But I watch a movie like The Predator where it has no real tone. Is it a comedy? Is it an action? I had a hard time enjoying it. It would be like watching Dumb and Dumber laughing the whole way and at the end of the movie Harry wasn't wearing a bulletproof vest and the cops never showed up. Lloyd and Mary get executed and the kidnappers go away. The end. Now if you watch that movie again knowing that the tone of the movie ends being very dark you probably wouldn't like it. If Titanic had no love story and simply was about a sip sinking it would be a well-made film but the tone would be a tragedy not a love story. That's why I love Aliens. It picks up from where the first one left off and continually gets better until the credits roll. And like I said, go ahead and skip Alien 3.